today's guest, we have ultra runner, coach, and physio, Taryn Fanny Karg, also known as the Trail Physio. She's an ultimate direction and ultra runner. She's a role model in the sport and also as a friend to me. Taryn, it's really good to have you on the podcast as one of our first guests. Um, welcome and tell us a little bit about yourself. Hey, Em. I am so excited to be here and I'm so excited that you're finally doing this podcast. <laughs> I think trail culture is going to be great. Um, but about myself, um, I'm an ultra runner. I love running and um, I sometimes race, <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> but I see myself more as a mountain addict. Um, I really love exploring and to me, trail running and ultra running is all about exploring new routes, races, awesome. but also exploring your limits and seeing where it can take you. Amazing. Yes. Taryn, when, when you moved to Stellenbosch recently, so Eight. recently is a relative word. 18 months ago. 18 months ago. Yeah. Cool. And yes. so I can imagine initially you were just, every, every trail was new and exploring this area was just awesome. How much time did you kind of spend in this area before you moved here? Um, we had a house here previously. So, um, or my mom had a house, so nice. <laughs> I would come for holidays and training camps and that's kind of where I fell in love with it. Um, I had basically tagged a lot of the peaks even before I moved here, so cool. <laughs> but um, there was a lot of trails that I didn't know and I only really discovered the awesome extensive trail network once I moved here. And nice. um, I am just in love with this place. I can imagine. Yes, and it's safe. I yes. mean, I do a lot of training on my own, solo. So to be able to run somewhere where I don't have to worry about my safety is a big thing for me as a woman. Taryn, trying to decide what to talk to you about was actually one of the, the most difficult things, just because you have, I think, women of many talents. There's a lot going on. So we're going <laughs> to see what we can, we can get to today. But first, thing, first things first, I mean, yeah, training, training-wise and kind of your calendar the last couple of months you've had an incredible last few months I think I want to dial it uh, all the way back to UTCT last year where you ran the 100k and you were the seventh la um, lady Le seventh overall seventh girl yeah. seventh lady yeah and first in SA in a super stacked elite field which yeah I mean I think the whole world was watching UTCT last year and you performed like yeah you had a great run under I think what would have been kind of classified as a lot of pressure and then you kicked off 2023 with wins at not only pass to pass but bat run as well all in a lead up to racing and winning George Might 100k by UTMB which meant that you qualify for UTMB next year yes that is so exciting that is so exciting we are definitely gonna gonna get to that <laughs> um a little bit later but with all of that this in mind I mean you've had a great couple of months there's a lot going on um, what has the lead up looked like for you and how would you say kind of your training has changed or have, have you changed anything in, in the last year or so, or was this always, always the plan? Um, no, I think coming off last year, I was very intentional about changing a few things. And, um, we sat down at the beginning of the year. I don't know if you remember <laughs> with <do>. the whole, <laughs> all the basketball coaches. And, um, I think, Gabriel was very intentional about a few things and um, I brought some things to the table and then we worked out a plan for the year. 
Um, one big thing that changed this year is that we brought in a lot more specificity in my training. Awesome. So um, I wanted to focus a little bit more on learning how to race harder on shorter distances. Yes. And then Gabriel um, said, okay, well, let's couple that with some VO2 max training and lactate threshold. Yes. And so we dialed back the volume and we really like ramped up a lot more quality sessions, which was quite out of my comfort zone. I mean, you can put me on a trail and ask me to run like all day. <laughs> like I can run for days, but yeah. you know, give me like a three minute full out heel. Yeah, and I feel box. like, I mean, I'm going to die. Yeah. <laughs> it's a suffer fest. And I mean, those sessions are sometimes when I can imagine when you, when you look at them or see them for the first time, it feels like a bit of a beast, you know, it's like uncharted territory. What, no, am, definitely. I, what am I doing? And I think you have with this ultra mindset, you, you have a preservation mindset almost like, um, okay, I shouldn't push that hard because the hill is still that long. Yes. But what you're asking for the, from these hard sessions is to actually go to the max and like push yeah. until you tank basically, yeah. <laughs> because otherwise <laughs> it's not going to work. So, um, but I actually, in the end, I really enjoyed that. And that allowed me to raise shorter distances at pass to pass and bat run. I've always wanted to do bat run. Awesome. And that was an incredible race where I was basically just able to go like full out up and down mountains three times. <laughs> All at night in Cape Town. And if I remember correctly, I think we had an insane amount of rainfall in it not only so on wet. the day, but leading up to the race. It was so wet. I mean, the rocks were slow, so slippery. I think I did some sketchy stuff, but <laughs> <laughs> I didn't break anything and nice. I made it. And those are still my favorite kinds of races so you I think the specificity in training um, really made a big difference to my performance and my fitness awesome. overall and then another thing that I really wanted to focus on this year was refining my race day nutrition plan nice <laughs> I had a really bad time at UTCT last year um, I couldn't get any calories in for the last 30 days um, yeah. I eventually um, <laughs> threw up outside the UCT aid station. Oh man! But then, but then it was too late, and I was just running on fuel uh, on fumes for the last thirty days. Yeah, but that that stretch. I mean, that even just from UCT to to the end, that blockhouse climb. Oh, I mean, it's, it's demanding. It's <laughs> it not. It's tough. not like a cruisy run home. Yes. So I was literally just one foot in front of the other, and I'm like, I'm not quitting. Like awesome. this was a crap sure. time, but I'm not quitting. Um, so I knew that I had to do a lot more work in terms of race day nutrition. Okay. So when you race at a high intensity, I think your gut does funny things. <laughs> and yeah. if, you, if you get it wrong, then um, yeah, uh, uh, it goes seriously wrong. So this year, um, I think you gave me like brilliant advice at the beginning of the year. And um, now I eat before every run. Nice. And I really feel my long runs better. I remember you saying, Tyron... Um, you know how you're going to know that you feel the long run correctly is you should not feel like you want to smash a burger at the end of the run. <laughs> and now I go on my long run and I eat and I eat and I eat. And by the end of the run, I'm like, oh, I'm not hungry. I'm like, oh, I'm so proud Nailed of it. myself. Yes. Em will be so proud of myself. That is yes. so epic. And that really paid off when I went to George. I was able to get galleries in. Yeah. continuously throughout the race. And I think I've really seen the benefit of your gut adapting yes. to that high intensity training as well. And and kind of with on the, the gut adaptation, I mean, it's, I think, 
sometimes we expect, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to go out for one run or I'm going to try this on one or two training sessions and, and you kind of just expect it to work. Whereas when you view your actual run training, I think you don't expect that. You're like, cool, I'm going to put in, you know, like a six week block and then hopefully I'm going to see some marginal improvements. And, and I mean, in terms of nutrition, would you, would you agree that it's kind of something you need to, to try and test and just keep on tweaking right up until, until race day instead of just expecting like a, a magical, cool, this, this is just going to work for me? Yeah, definitely. And don't expect that. It's funny how things change because sometimes what the plan works really well and then six months later, a year later, that plan doesn't work anymore. Yes. And then you need to like keep refining it or you need to throw it all out and start all over again. Um, so yeah, I think it's important to be very specific with your nutrition training during the last few blocks before a race. Okay. And then also just kind of, I think, I can't remember who said it, but it's like a, a plan is only as uh, good as its adaptability. You know, exactly. it's like, yeah. if you all of a sudden, yeah, as you said, something doesn't work for you, you've tried and tested it. And then the next thing you start a training block. And I mean, even going into something like the lactate sessions, the, hard, the harder training blocks for you, I can think that you know, what you eat just before you do like a really easy aerobic effort isn't necessarily going to be the right sort of fuel for something more anaerobic and when you're putting yourself in the hurt box. Exactly. I think then you're going to want to have something that goes in fast and tastes really neutral. <laughs> oh, that's the <laughs> nice. way for me. Yeah. <laughs> I like neutral tasting things. Um, and I think um, a couple of, flip. it was a, actually a couple of months ago now, but uh, it was not so long ago that a group of Bashkop athletes went to George to check out the, the Six Peaks route, which is absolutely amazing. That's Jacques Mouton, um, who is also very involved in, in, in Mutt, and he's, I think, the, the route director at Mutt. And uh, we went to go and, anyway, do a little lap around George and, and Taryn and I shared, shared a room in that training house. And as, as one does, you get close and you talk about all sorts of things, one of them being <laughs> pre-race food and like, what can you get down at two, three o'clock in the morning, um, especially when races start at kind of really unreasonable hours. And I, I'm someone who struggles to kind of actually get breakfast in even on a normal day. And then Taryn said to me like, well, you kind of paid back the good advice and you were like, just just eat something that's like you really want to eat. And she proceeded to unpack the nicest looking banana bread <laughs> and nut butter that I've ever seen. And I was like, wow. And like even at three in the morning or four in the morning, I was like, I could I could like get a piece of banana bread down. And and I, I actually I don't even know if I told you I went on to use that at George Mutt. I, I woke not. up and fantastic. <laughs> and I, yeah, or like for every long run from from Six Peaks onwards. So so don't do what I did. On the day of that run I, I tried something new. Would not recommend that. Luckily it all worked out. But since then that's kind of been my my go to. I moved away from trying to get down a bowl of rice uh, to mm. being like, Cool, I'm gonna eat like half a loaf of banana bread, put some nut butter on that. Um lovely. So good. And Black coffee. Little slices of banana on top of the banana bread. Oh so Just good. Honey. Like yeah. literally like even now I'm like, I'm like oh I'm kinda hungry <laughs> like thinking about this. But yeah, so something like that. Um yeah, I think for, for athletes just to be open to trying and testing things. And even if it's even if it's scary, I think what we discussed just before Six Peaks was like, we're here to try this. And um, I think we even tested nutrition on the route that day. And we were like, yes. the point of this is if it doesn't work, then we know. And you kind of you check that box and, and you move on, um, which exactly. it's difficult, but it's better than on on race day being like, okay, now I'm going to try and check this box um, on top of everything else that you're worrying about. Uh, 
So, so nutrition kind of in training, Taryn, we kind of touched on that, but, but out of training, um, and this is going to link into kind of getting into recovery and chatting about that, but is there anything would you say that you changed outside of your training in the last couple of months? Um, yeah, you mentioned that you adjusted your load. Was there any changes or did you stick to kind of same, same With regards diet? to my nutrition. Yeah, outside of your training, um, like fueling. Not really. I think I've always been really good at eating healthy. Nice. And making sure, like I view um, food in three different categories. I view it as fuel, what I need to put into my body to fuel the work I do. And then I look at food as what do I need to eat on a daily basis to make sure that I recover from the work I've done, nice. that my body repairs Great. itself, and that I'm also getting the right nutrients to keep me healthy. And um, to me, that's always just been a lot of vegetables, um, I don't know, lean meats, um, protein shakes, eggs, Great. dairy. I, I basically eat everything, um, but mostly a lot of vegetables and fruit. Nice. Um, I don't believe diets should have names. <laughs> I just believe you need to find what works for you and go with that. But yeah. make sure you get all the building blocks in because yeah. that's so important for recovery. Is underfueling is one of the biggest reasons for people getting sick and injured. Yeah. And I don't want to. I, I I'm a fan of consistency. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to lose training days because I'm sick or injured. Yeah. Or training months because I've got bone stress injuries. Yeah, I think that's a great way to to kind of I think nutrition and, and food, especially in this in this sport where whether we wanted to or not, weight weight plays a role. Uh and I think it's easy to see to make an enemy out of out of your nutrition as opposed to being like this is this is fuel, this is nourishing, this speaks to kind of a lot of levels of, of my training and my, my kind of lifestyle balance as well and making decisions that are sustainable, you know. Um, I think also something that's easy is like when you're motivated and training and you're in like a intense block um, and you're dialed in and focused, it's like, cool, I can, you know, I can feel, I can do this, I can stay focused and then kind of minor setbacks. If, if you're like me and you eat your feelings, then it, it <laughs> becomes difficult to, yeah, to stick to what, to stick to something sustainable. So I like how you say you broke it up into three kind of categories and, and the goal is to be to be healthy and, and exactly. injury-free. Yeah. Yes, I think we have to think, what do I need to put in, not just for this week or towards my race, but if I still want to run when I'm 70, yeah. what do I need to put into my body? That's great. Yeah. The long-term view. The long-term goal. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I mean, we nutrition, recovery, these things kind of go go hand in hand. We actually had a, a cool uh, kind of back and forth on our WhatsApp group the other day where we were speaking about, about recovery, recovery. Yeah. and it's, it's so interesting, like the nuggets that you pick up. But you said you like the last couple of months you dialed back um, on your, your kind of training, your volume, but you, you the load kind of was adjusted in terms of intensity. So what is what is recovery like what is good practice for you Taryn in terms of recovering I think there's a lot out there and I, I like what you shared so you um, can remember and yeah, share with us. Um, I'm a big fan of I'm a bit of a research junkie so um, nice. <laughs> I like to read a lot on what really works and I think there's a lot of recovery practices out there where the evidence is contradictory or not conclusive but what really is the foundation of recovery is eating and sleeping well Mm. and it and those are also like the low-hanging fruit yes I mean they are cheap and easy to get by <laughs> and you got to do them every day so optimize yeah. that first 
Great. And then together with that is managing your stress. Because don't we say training stress and life stress is still stress is stress and stress. And now yeah. with everyone I'm like measuring HRV, they also see the impact of not just running stress, but life stress. Yeah. And so, yeah, so I think there are three important things is to first sleep, um, eat well yeah. so that your body can recover um, and manage your stress. But then you can add the other little building blocks on top of that foundation. Yeah. So as you have more resources, whether that's financial or time resources, then yeah. you can start adding in um, things that you're going to need to pay for extra. Yes. Your and massages, your yes, contrast yes. therapies, your whatever the case is. Exactly. Um, you get yourself a massage gun. Yeah. <laughs> and, you, and, and, and I really do, I rarely do any of the other things. Interesting. I like, yeah, I don't, I mean, I really don't have time in my day to focus an extra hour just on recovery practices that yeah. I believe is not necessarily going to um, be that worthwhile. I would rather just bank an extra hour of sleep. Okay. That that's my approach. Yeah. And I You're mean, like, let me let me nail the two kind of biggest. Like, if I we're can. talking about the pyramid, it's like that big base, right? Yes. That eighty percent of it is how much you're sleeping and what you're eating. Exactly. Yeah. If I go through a period where I have a bit more time, yeah, definitely a massage because it feels good, yeah. and it's also part of de-stressing and relaxation, which is definitely good for recovery. Um, but yeah, looking at all the fads out there. It's hard to say what really works, and I would probably not spend my money on it. Okay. <laughs> Rather no, on awesome. racing I and love, traveling. I love the honesty, yeah, because yeah. I mean, the sport is, uh, if you if you start adding up like the hidden costs, I think it's, it's kind of getting wild out there. Um, exactly. But, and Taryn, your typical kind of week for you of training, like you've got, I'm sure, routine dialed in, you, you work uh, you're a physio you you kind of are juggling a lot of a lot of balls just give us like an overview of typically do you train in the morning at night um yeah you said you don't necessarily have the time to fit in an extra hour of recovery I mean running and then being on your feet all day as a physio it's uh it could be pretty intense maybe I don't know you can I tell think us. it can but I think you um I think you adapt to everything and I've been a physio for many many years <laughs> so I think I'm just used to being on my feet so I'm adapted to that um but it can be quite tiring <laughs> during the big weeks yeah um so and what is what is a big week for you I think um, 120 k's okay and then you add in intensity within that 120 k's yes. <laughs> so it's not all easy running um I hardly do more than that okay and then without routine it it's much harder to actually just keep all the balls in the air Yes. So during like certain blocks of training, I am very focused on routine. I wake up early, I go to bed early, I pack my lunch and nice. my breakfast the night before. I put out my little my clothes and my shoes. <laughs> I pack my gym bag because That's I great. shower after and then I go to work. Um, so I I try and follow that routine because then I just need to execute. I'm yeah. like, okay, I want to get through this week. I don't want all the extra things around life stress um, to influence my running. When I run, I want to just switch off and I want to focus on my run. Yeah. I don't want to have to worry about everything else that needs to get done. And then if I follow that routine, I just execute. 
Nice. That's um, great. And that works out. And then, ach, in the off season, there's no routine. Then I go to bed when I want. <laughs> Which is also good. <laughs> and I drink wine. Yeah. And I oh, see my great. friends. And then I sleep late. Yeah. So, so I think um, it's all in moderation. There are, it's periods. Yeah. I, I don't live my life like that every week. But during the focus blocks closer to race, let's say 12 to 16 weeks before a race, I become a lot more focused on routine. Yeah, you're trying to dial in and yes. just kind of get the work done. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, but morning training amazing. is definitely preferable. Yeah, I, I don't know. Some people do really well in afternoon training, but my legs are just so heavy. Yes. And then literally like, I don't know, the, um, the willpower. I feel like for every it's hour less. after 1 p.m., oh, my yeah. willpower to run is just diminishes by 50%. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's also like the most amazing excuses come to mind or specifically for me of why I should not go. Especially exactly. if it's like a scary session or a first time. I'm like, yeah, I'm not, uh, mm, I'm not ready. Or the, I'll see one cloud and be like, mm, maybe it's going to rain. Like, yes. yeah, like all those maybe things. Maybe banana bread first yeah yeah or like <laughs> as opposed to to getting up in the morning and being like well I think I'm sure you feel the same I I don't think I've ever started or been on a run early morning and been like oh man I shouldn't have got up and done this exactly yeah and here we have like I have so many photos on my phone because we get the most incredible sunrises yes so when I'm up on Stannebosbach early in the morning <sighs> And it's, it's just quiet and you see like the whole sky just turns like this beautiful purple and red colors. And you see the whole kind of city waking up. Exactly. And you're like, wow, I'm up here. Like, this is yes, awesome. It's so worth it. Morning training. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, Taryn, back to um, kind of just looping back to this was at the start of the year when we kind of met as, as a group of, of coaches and we spoke about about your training and you're taking on kind of the shorter distances, which for some people, I think something like Bat Run, um, which is still it's a decent amount of climbing over, over 30 kilometers. I think they, they wouldn't say it's short, but in, in the context of being a 100k athlete, I I see what you mean. And, and one of the, the concepts that I, I've seen pull through on your on your social media, we've chatted about it a lot, um, even within the academy amongst the the ladies it's this idea of running brave and I think that's something that really struck me at the start of the year I asked you you know what what do you want to get out of doing these races in the lead up to mud and you kind of paused and then you you said you just you just want to be able to run brave you want to it's it's a new territory you're trying like yeah you've you've got nothing to lose uh and or it if you don't end up on the podium, that's not what you're there for. You know, you're not you're not chasing a person, you're not chasing a time. Um, as we said, it's uncharted territory, and you're there to just run brave. Um, and yeah, I think leading up to Matt, I saw a post a post about that, uh, or was it post? Yeah, just before I think. Uh, so talk to us just about that, about running brave, running brave. I just um, love this concept. Yes. So okay. So first we said like this year, I want to be a bit more specific about training, yeah. and I'm going to train my gut and to take in more nutrition so the third thing was definitely working on a different kind of mindset um, I think female ultra runners are really good at being patient yes um, we're really good at starting a race and finishing um, but I don't know if we always run as hard as we can well that's the way I felt yeah um, 
And so I look at the guys and I'm like, they just go. They go from the get-go and they are so like bold and yes. like they have so much ego sometimes, <laughs> which is not a bad thing. Yeah. And I think You're we like, can learn a lot from that. We sometimes need a bit more. Yes, but w- the, the real thing that really triggered it is I was at, um, I coach um, Sumei van Yerden. Yes. And so I went, last year I was at the UTCT finish line um, of the 55. Yeah. It was the Friday before the 100K. Yes. So I was there to, to wait for Sumei. And she had decided just a few weeks before that she's going to race the 55, her very first ultra. Yeah. And so she lined up, but she's so talented. And um, so I was there when Landy and was it Kim? Kimmy. Kimmy came in. And those girls, they were just like, you should have seen it. I don't know if you were there, but it looks like they just, they ran with so much fury yeah i don't know how to describe it but yeah, to me i was, was just passion. like it looks so brave oh man and then may came in just after them and she had that same like expression on her face it was just like i'm just there and i'm giving everything oh, and i'm man. like i want to race like that that's and you were inspired by i was, was so inspired like, by that awesome. race finish all three of them just coming in and yeah. just like you could see they they left it all out there and i'm like okay but i'm gonna need to be braver to be able to oh, do that wow. yeah and um, so this year I worked a lot of, in my mindset to think, okay, well, I want to go harder, but it feels really uncomfortable. Yeah. So I'm going to need to be brave and lean into that discomfort of racing harder, to be bolder and to yeah. also, I mean, not just physically, because it is physically hard to race at that intensity for that long, especially 100k. Yeah. I mean, it's a um, different game. That That's a very fine line yeah. between like... Keeping a, that pace and actually bonking. Yeah, yeah. It's not a case of like, I'm just going to go out like as hard as I can and yes, sustain it. Yeah, yes. it's not a 10K. But I was able to do that at pass to pass and bat run. Awesome. So, yeah. And then I took some of that feeling into the 100K, which yes. which was really good. That's so cool. Yes. And so you're like, as you're doing it, I think you also get a feel for like that feeling. Um, I remember dot watching bat run. I think I saw you the day of, the day of bat run. When oh I yes, in the because you yeah. borrowed my headlamp. Yeah, yes. Yeah. And then um, I was like, "Cool, I'm gonna be like dot watching you." And um, there was kind of a cat and mouse game um, with the the kind of the first peak. Or I was just what I thought to myself was, well, the whole time I was like, "I wonder what you're thinking," because I I could see like you're holding steady. You've got like the the leading because you didn't lead from the start, but you had the leading lady. Um, she was ahead of you at a stage. I'm I'm trying to remember the exact details, and then. I remember thinking to myself, like, just keep running brave. It wasn't a case of, like, yes. don't lose your bravery. I was like, what you're doing is brave. I'd, I'd seen videos of what I thought were rivers and later found out those were the trails. Uh, and I was like, Taryn, like, when I saw you that morning, you were just ready to to go for it and do just that. Um, and it was so awesome for me to see when you came past that last checkpoint. And then I literally was like, come on, you can, like, you can do this. And um, kind of refreshing the Instagram page and then seeing you come in was just was just so cool. It was an incredible race. Yeah. And I had, like, it was tough up the first climb because I, like, I feel like I have a, maybe a lot of ultra runners will say that, but it takes you a long time to warm up. And, yeah. and it's and it's we're not joking when we say that. Yeah. It literally it feels like I I can never gun from the start. So it takes me if uh, maybe an hour to warm up and okay. then then I'm good. Then I can then push. You're in. Like yeah. then the second and the third peak feels easier than the first one. 
that's a funny thing about it yeah that's and then you can actually like really gun it but that's that's also i think are you kind of fighting off thoughts like because i mean an hour is a pretty long long time to be having some some self-talk and i mean are you are you feeling in that time like oh like uh, this is a bit of a niggle or that's not working or this is uncomfortable do you kind of have to fight quite a lot of um kind of the negative self-talk yes. that's going on um you're wondering how close am i to that red line mm. because you're breathing quite hard and your legs are just aching yeah <laughs> and, and it's and you're like okay no no just push through you still thought you still okay we get the down the downhill is coming just push up coming. the downhill is coming <laughs> that's great <laughs> so yes so it you need to continuously fight against slowing down okay and just lean into that discomfort that's so cool leaning yes. into it i like that um and taryn so i mean we we mentioned to may now and and earlier on when i when i introduced you we said you, we, you are a coach uh the, the trail physio who, who runs and is a friend and is also a coach. And yes. chat to me a bit about, about coaching and how, how coaching and even your physio work has kind of shaped you as a runner. I mean, you just mentioned now that you were inspired by, by Sume. Um, so that day, just quickly back onto UTCT, I remember going to the start of the race and uh, seeing her and then kind of making small, small talk or just checking in. I hadn't seen her in a while. I've known her for, for quite a few years and... And she said, um, oh, yeah, I know, you know, I'm, I'm going to take it like very, very chilled because this is my, my first ultra. <laughs> and then I remember, I remember thinking, yeah, I remember thinking, I, I want to believe you, but I don't. And, and then getting to the first aid station and see her flying through um, and being so unbelievably stoked for her and being like, dude, you're, you're in the mix. And then seeing you out being like, my wife is racing. And I was like, this is awesome. Uh, I was supposed to be driving to a wedding in Oatswaden that day, which is approximately eight hours from Cape Town. And instead of leaving straight away, we ended up watching the whole race and seeing all of this go down. It was so incredible. I couldn't, I, we literally, the group physically couldn't tear ourselves away. We were like, this is, this is amazing. Um, the men's field was also doing superbly, but I think I knew... I knew more of the, the women and just seeing how that race was unfolding was, was crazy. Oh. Uh, but yeah, as kind of coaching someone like Sume or your other athletes, how, how is that in, in the mix with, with your own training and racing? I am learning so much from the athletes I coach. Um, they've taught me so much over the years. Um, and it's not just the elites. It's also the, the everyday people, the people just getting into trail running to just the way they find the joy yeah, and the way they are inspired to run trail. And then oh, it makes me so happy. And I, I think one of the biggest things also is um, they've taught me to be kinder to myself wow. because you're continuously giving feedback to people on their training. And as a coach, um, I really believe in really constructive uh, positive feedback I don't like to criticize but I, I like to foster a growth mindset yeah so if you have a runner who's self-critical or low confidence and you kind of get them to work through that mm. and you see the way they change and then you catch yourself being self-critical on a workout or a run or a race and yeah. then you're like oh, I got to practice what I preach. Yeah. And then you kind of learn so from good. then. And it's like, well, if I am giving them this advice, why am I not taking that myself? Yeah. And so that's changed a lot for me um, in being more accepting of my own running. And I think 
on technical aspects, they oh, they come up with the most interesting questions. I mean, you must get this <laughs> yeah. too. And some of it is so complicated. And then I, I look at it and I'm like, this is a really good question, but I don't know the answer. Yeah. But you know what? Let me get back to you. So yeah, then that's great. Just then I disappear down this research <laughs> rabbit hole. And Calling then, in every, every exactly. favor of every researcher that you know. And then I emerge like two or three days later and I'm like, Ta-da! This is what I thought. We've got an answer. (laughs) And then, I mean, I learned so much from the process as well. And I think then you get to apply that to your own running. So I think it ties really well together. Um, The same with like the physio background, learning to be patient with injuries. I'm like, okay, well, this is advice that I'm giving my patients. Maybe I should take that too. That, That was literally one of my questions that I'd lined up was, you know, your knowledge as a physio, I mean, I can imagine that most of the time it, it helps. Um, I, I can do it. it just, it's so interlinked, but are there moments where it hinders you and do you take your own advice? I think I'm saying this as somebody that <laughs> has recently had a kind of taste of the injury medicine and then, and being like, I am, this is why coaches need coaches as well. Like pressing it, leaning into my coach and, and being like, listen, this is where I'm at. Um, and he's like, but Im- you you give like just take the advice that you give and I was like I just I'm struggling right now so yeah how do you find that it's very different when you're on the other side yeah and you just want to be a naggy runner (laughs) who doesn't want to take time off (laughs) so I think um being a fissure I kind of know when I can run through something okay and when I should stop when Mm. I should take a day off so I think it I don't stress about injuries maybe like other people do because I can immediately, and if I don't assess, I'm like, I go to my partner, Christoph, yeah. and I'm like, okay, just take a look. Yes. Can I run? Can I not run? Yes. So if, if I need that objective yes. uh, answer, um, then I'll go and get an opinion. Okay. But I That's think most good. of the time I'm like, oh, so it's a little, little niggle. Let's just give it a day or two. It will be fine. And most of the cases it is fine. Yeah, and I think um, that's something so worthwhile in terms of taking a day off, you know, I think to say day off or race day to some runners, they're like, ooh, no, don't, you know, that's like, I can't take a day off. I'm training for a hundred miler or I'm, I can't take a day off. I've got this or that. And it's like, rather take that day as opposed to being out for a couple of weeks or a couple of months. Exactly. I always tell them, listen to the whispers before they become screams. That is so good. And I'm like listening to this in the context of being injured. And I'm like, man, I should have listened to the whispers. Exactly. (laughs) Um, no, that's that's really cool. Um, and in terms of like trends that you see, Taryn coming through, I mean, do you do you treat a lot of trail runners? Um, is there something that, or like, let me let me start with the end. Where I'm going with this is, what what advice would you give to kind of people getting into the sport and and who are enthusiastic trail runners? We're going to talk some more just now about how the sport is growing. But is there kind of trends that you're seeing as a physio and a coach, um, and as an athlete? I mean, you've got kind of little bit of each world uh feeding into into what you know and and yeah are you seeing stuff that you're like man if I could give some advice this is what it would be um a lot of philosophical advice yes (laughs) (laughs) but you're talking about injuries eh? yeah so um I think the biggest thing people should remember is that you cannot prevent running injuries we all get them yeah um what we take into account is that in order to, the biggest reason for running injuries is an, a change in training load. You you suddenly add speed work or you do more volume or you ramp up training too quickly 
and then you get injured. Yeah. Um, that's maybe the biggest reason. But the, the opposite side is you can't get better if you don't ramp up training. Yeah. So there's always going to be that risk of injury. Yeah. But you can manage it by just really listening to your body maybe getting a coach and making sure you don't do too much too fast yeah so i think that in terms of injury managing injury risk around running injuries together maybe with your mobility work your strength training and really yeah. optimal recovery strategies yes um, so hanging fruit yes so, and th- those are mostly for the overuse injuries that we see in trail runners but i think something that else with regards that really comes out of trail running that we don't see in road running is trauma yeah <laughs> like <laughs> i mean it's just part of the game yeah i mean we all fall we yeah. all roll i mean i think i roll the ankle once a month yeah um so i think that's something that i see a lot uh more than i see in road runners okay. is coming out of trail is is physical yeah. like falls and trauma actual like impact yes. injuries yeah yes. yeah and if you're running brave in training <laughs> exactly um, it's gonna happen yeah. and yeah when i think of some of the routes uh i mean actually taryn was doing a loop uh where we're sitting currently is yonkersuk stillenbosch and and not so long ago i think two weeks ago taryn was busy checking out yonkersuk from all angles and did the hoof eister or the horseshoe which is yes. a super famous uh route and when i think of 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 that trail and the the trauma i'm like i think there's a couple of sketchy sections there oh my word <laughs> it's i mean that that route is basically it's scrambling it's like hands on rock like yeah. you've got your hands on rocks all day um there's a lot of climbing there's a lot of narrow ledges yeah um, it's not something you should do if you battle with heights do you, I, do you battle with heights? No, no, no that's luckily great. Not. I was like, I, I have this thing. I'm like, some. Uh, I know a lot of trail runners who do, but I'm like, uh, which is interesting. I'm like overcoming yes. the fear every time they go out. That's awesome. But that's that's good. I I sometimes have um, because I moved down from Gauteng. I still have a lot of friends who live up there, and they come oh, down yeah. for holidays. And then I, my my favorite thing to do is to take them up Stellenbosberg. Oh, but great. Yeah, it's Paradise Cliff side. Yes. And then you traverse over back into town, into Kutzenberg. And there's some scramble sections up there. Yes. And then I sometimes forget, because we do these things all the time, and I forget, I'm like, now I need to just screen people and say, do you have a problem with heights? Because <laughs> I'm like, at some stage, I'm going to take <laughs> yeah. someone halfway up, and they're going to be, oh, no, I'm not going further. I can't do this. Yes. And then but that's it's such frozen. a beautiful route. Yeah. But, yeah, I think um, my uh, family WhatsApp groups, classic, what's, what's everybody up to on the weekend? And I think I've reached a point a couple of times where I'm like, I think I'm not going to send that photo on the group because my, my mom might have something to say about it. It's like some There's of the... There's a lot I don't show the, my yeah, mom. <laughs> I think I saw some of the stories from, from Karu that she shared and I was like, whoa, guys, like the, that, that drop-off is, is right there. Um, beautiful, worthwhile. And I think, I mean, you guys are experienced kind of mountain athletes, so, so that was cool. But um, yeah, that route, not for, not for the faint of heart. But we, I'm like rabbit trailing and getting excited about the... The who faced it, but really good advice, um, Taryn, that everybody gets injuries. I think that's like a good thing to remember. I think when you're on a roll with training for something, you're dialed in, you're doing the stuff, you're recovering, even even if you're in theory ticking all the boxes, you know, an injury can still come from, from somewhere because uh, just load or stress placed on the body, weeks and months kind of compounds in one day, you might just... It's all of a sudden an overuse injury, you know. Yes, or, you can or do everything impact. right. Yeah. And it so. will still happen. 
And, and I think just making peace with that yes, is good. Peace with that. Yeah. And being like, you won't always have a low, like just like the summits. It's like you have these high points and it's epic. And then you have moments where you're like, man, this sucks. And it makes um, you appreciate running so much more if you come back from that. It does. It does. Um, yeah. Uh, Flip, I could like go on all day about this, but I think um, kind of transitioning, can you believe, close to, to the end Um this sport is super fast growing. I think we, just before the podcast started, we had like a brief back and forth about this and um, from where it was 10 years ago to where it, where it is now. And I think people who've been in it for even longer than that will be like, oh, you should have seen it 15 or 20 years ago. And uh, I mean, yeah, it's growing and starting anything I think can be scary, intimidating. Um, we know this, we've all, we've all tried something new before, but what, ad- what advice would you give um, to somebody getting into this Taryn I mean how also let's start how long have you been doing this uh, and then if you can think sure. back like what what advice would you give um I think I ran my first trail like maybe 12 12 13 years ago Crazy. it's been a while yeah. but I only ran my first ultra in 2016 okay so not not that long ago um I think there's there's a few things that I think I'd like to tell new trail runners I think the first thing is Make sure you know your why. Yeah. Um, because that's going to give you direction. And it's going to also make sure that you run for yourself and not yeah, compare yourself great. to other people. And <laughs> when you 80Ks in <laughs> and you are throwing up and you're cramping and, and, you have another, and it's <laughs> raining and you have another 20Ks and a big mountain to climb, yeah. your, your why is going to need to be really strong. Yeah, that's so cool. So I think that's important. And um, I think I'd like to also tell people to dare to dream Mm. and set the big goals. Yeah. But then also don't be so focused on finish lines that you miss out on the journey because that's the best part. Yeah. It's just that growth process of just stretching your limits day by day. That's so cool. And I think it's it's good to, to look back. I mean, if you if you had to kind of go back in time and talk to yourself 10, 12 years ago and say, listen, this is, this is where you are now. I think that, that version of you would be like, what? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, really? Is that possible? Um, yeah. It happens so gradually that you don't see it. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then, yeah, your why will change as well. Yeah. You will maybe, it will change every season, every year. Um, but also always remember why you're running so cool yeah I think that's in in light of of everything looking back now talking about like how how to race how to run brave how to manage your recovery your nutrition your if it went not if when injuries come along you know when disappointments come along that why is is super important and if you're only racing for one thing when that thing or running for one thing when it's taken away it's devastating so exactly yeah that's really cool good why do you run why do I run man I love being outside like yeah I think there one just to the privilege of being able to move like we do and get to the places we go to and and that's the other thing that drives me is like seeing a new place and that feeling of seeing a new place for the first time that's so remote oh, and so high up. It's incredible. And and being like, not everybody can or will do this with their lives. It's like, you know, not everyone has to love running. I get that. Um, but 
there's just such a privilege in that for me where I'm like, I, I get to see this. You know, I don't have to. Makes you but so I get grateful. It's, it's strong enough to do that. Yeah, and like what our bodies can do. And I think coming from a background, I mean, I was, I joke, like I was allergic to running at school. I was a water through and through swimming. Really? The only time I ever ran was if it was after a hockey ball. <laughs> and, and yeah, like now again, like if I had to go, jump back 10 years ago and tell myself, you know, this is what, this is the game you'd be in. You'd be chatting to runners, friends with them. You'd be a runner. I think, you know, high school me would be like, no ways. <laughs> it's just not possible. Not so, possible. So that, that why has definitely changed. I think when I got into it, uh, yeah, maybe we've all been through seasons, I think, where you run through it for the wrong reasons or you get sucked into a performance mentality, whether it's versus yourself or versus, like, kind of against somebody else. Uh, but, yeah, this year's been good, good headspace. Uh, and I think having kind of like-minded people, people like you and the, the basketball community where you're, it's, you're on a journey with people who think like you, you know, and uh, yes, a slight difference of opinion, but that, that why, you know, and that uh, the important foundational things, it's like, cool, um, I'm on the same page as this group of people. We're all pushing each other to be better and better isn't necessarily faster or winning, but it's taking time to appreciate the fact that we can do this, supporting one another through the lows. Um, that's the why. Yeah. And growing. Yeah, and growing. I mean, like you never get there. You never reach it. Just as you no. said, the journey evolves. And like, if you chat to anyone who's run like one ultra or one, anything that like you finish and if you know, if you, if you're cramping or whatever, as soon as that goes away, it's really like what's next or like the goals keep getting bigger. Um, or not necessarily bigger in, in terms of distance, but like, you know, I'm going to try and run in this environment or I'm going to go to this country. Or I'm going to try and do it with this group of people or, and it's just so cool how it's and what constantly you thought evolving. Was, wasn't possible a year ago. It's not possible. It becomes possible. Oh man. And that's like the great thing with coaching as well. Like when you celebrate, you look back with your athletes and you're like, Hey, remember when this session was like really scary and hard. And now you're like, Doing this, it for breakfast. Yeah, and this is thrown into like the mix of like a bunch of other new things in like a really big week that you're having. And look at you conquering all of this, you know. Yeah. Um, oh, the joy from seeing that. Yeah, that's amazing. I love that. Oh, man. Um, great advice, Taryn. Really, really cool. Um, it's been so nice having you on here. I mean, I think we're going to have to get you back. And I think I could just chat to you all day about all sorts of things. But um yeah, I mean, the podcast is is relatively new and the name Trail Culture is kind of, yeah, it's just about there's something to celebrate. You know, we spoke about our why and there's this culture um, all over the world. I think it looks different in South Africa than it does to maybe other places. But what is what does trail culture mean to you? I think the first word that, that I think about is community. Great. And um, it's a beautiful thing how trail running brings people together. Yeah. Um, everywhere you go, basically. And then it's not just like-minded people coming together and having a shared love for trails and nature and being outside and running. It's also how those people support each other. Yeah. I mean, I have been so incredibly grateful to to friends who second me at races yeah. uh, the people who check in when you're not doing okay and the people who would be your best cheerleaders and I get to do that for other people as well yeah and to me that is trail culture 
as being part of that community um, where you contribute, but where you would also get something out of it if you're struggling. Yeah. And um, you're, I don't know, I've been fortunate enough to to be part of many communities. Yeah, you found and that. And they keep growing. Yeah, it's amazing. Yes. Yeah, when I think of you, I'm like, there's pockets. It's like you've got kind of training training friends, the, the basketball community, obviously, coaches. I mean, you've got your own athletes and, and then communities like Steady Shakeout, which is a local run crew that meets here um yeah there's just like bunches of, of people and and even at the the races and the events that you take part in you know i'm sure you've met some incredible people along the way and you're kind of like just as you think i don't think i can meet more cool people like you get to a race and you're like oh there it is there's some yes. more of them and and the funny thing is it's not just the runners it's sometimes yeah. they're um, their siblings or their parents yeah. or their spouses and then you become friends with them and and they kind of become friends with each other and um, they Amazing. rock up at races and they've got their own community on the side oh, yeah. the supporters community they're like we have to wait for you guys all day we might as well enjoy you know exactly. spending time together and I think that was so cool for me seeing uh, your mom at, at Matt um, I'd met her where did I, uh, quickly, I think actually we were doing some sort of handover of gear as one does, you know, can I borrow this? Do you have that? And um, I'd, I'd met her super quickly and so good seeing her again at Mutt and just like, she's she's your number one fan and cheerleader. Oh, man, and like she's epic. Yeah, and like, and then how many people knew her? I was like, cool, like you can see she's she's done this. She's been she's here. She's an extrovert. Yeah. <laughs> she's, <laughs> that helps. she's the opposite of me. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, so no, she really enjoys going to the races with me oh, and supporting. Awesome. And um, I think it's like to her, it's like the biggest social events of her yeah. life. It's <laughs> amazing. I love it. And I, yeah. even when I think of, of the trail culture and what you mentioned now about kind of being crewed for or having um, the opportunity to crew for somebody else. I think when I a, a recent example that I think we also discussed not so long ago is Dalian uh, oh, crewing for you at Batrun and before that you crewed for her at Puffer was it? No I've never had the opportunity to pay it back and is now it? she's moved to Germany oh man but she's crewed for me at UTCT and at Batrun okay <clears throat> so um, I'm quite an intuitive runner yes um, so I don't have spreadsheets and things so for UTCT I thought okay <laughs> I've Dalian crewing and she needs to know kind of what my expected times at different yes. aid stations is. So I go and have a look at all my Reiki runs and I put together this spreadsheet yeah. of, um, okay, this is where I'm going to be at. This is my plan. This is my race plan. And I send it to her and like, I promise you, like 15 minutes later, she sends it back and she had edited <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I mean, she had like redone the whole spreadsheet and I'm like, oh my word, this is so much better. And you're like, not only is it her trail experience coming in, that's that engineering mind that's totally. just like gone like, into it's overdrive. So, it's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Putting the pieces together. There's going to be moving parts. There's going to be some curveballs. She's taking it all into account. That's and great. Yeah, she's already committed to UTMB. Oh, Next man, year, so I'm epic. really excited. Yeah, I, I already told, Dalian, told her. if you're listening... <laughs> yeah we're coming to visit girl <laughs> yeah I think I um we've had a couple of back and forths and she's she's been there and I just love how she's exploring that community and, and finding um kind of trail trail buddies on on that side and yeah I, I look forward to hearing how when you when you do pay it back how it goes and but just so cool again that 
people can kind of serve each other without expecting it necessarily to be paid back straight away exactly. it's, it's so awesome and even the way people volunteer at races yeah yeah that is another cool thing getting a glimpse into that world i think yeah having been on both sides i think knowing what it takes to put on kind of the world-class events that we put see on a race. yeah yes it's no, hard it's work big. It's hard work. Shout out to all the race organizers. Yeah, we've mentioned a couple of them here. And I think, yeah, show notes are great. It's a great place for you guys to go find some more some more info about pretty much everything we've, we've discussed. It'll all be there. And um, last last little question, um, Taryn, before we round off is, what is your favorite trail and why? Oh, Em, you can't ask me that. <laughs> um, I think some people would say it's like, when a mom talks about her kids, you can't, <laughs> can't ask pick a favorite. Can't pick a favorite. Um, I would like. I really love Panorama Trail up here in Stellenbosch. Awesome. It's remote, but it's still a really nice runnable trail, and I love the Drakensberg. Yes. You Anywhere do. in the Drakensberg, any of those lone passes or ravines. Beautiful. Um, still one of my favorite places in the country. Oh, Definitely. Epic. I'm so glad to hear both of those are South African trails. I'm like, nice. Definitely. <laughs> Maybe after your um, lap around Mont Blanc next year, you're going to change your mind. We'll have to see. Um, yeah, I think other, well, I think I'm going to edit this in a bit later, but did we discuss what's next for you, Taryn? What's what's coming up next? Um, next up is Grand Raid Reunion. Yes, cool. That's in October. It's been one of my bucket list races for a very long time. I am awesome. so excited. Yes, um, it's going to be a monster. <laughs> it's 106 k's with 6,400 meters of elevation. Wow. Wow. Um, and I had a look at some of the top 10 ladies' time, and it's it's going to be... It's gonna yeah, be I think we are preparing for a 20-hour race here. Running, running yes. brave is going to come into I think we're going to have a little bit of altitude. I think we're going to have technical trails. And um, the humidity is definitely going to play a role, but it's my kind of race. Yeah, that's awesome. Yes. And an uh, adventure, something new. Have total, you been? I've not been to Eurion, okay. and that's one of the reasons I want to go, because I hear the trails are amazing. Oh, epic. Yes. And it's so close. Yeah, that is close. That's yes. so cool. It's like a four-hour flight from Joburg. That's crazy. Amazing. Yes. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard incredible things of friends who have raced there, who've just visited, who've who found themselves hiking by mistake there and then being like, whoa, this is this is so crazy. You know, I think when people think island, you're like, oh, how much elevation can there be on an island? And I think Reunion's like, I'll show you. I think they you climb from sea level to the top of Drakensberg, like in a matter what? of like 40 or 50 Ks or even less. What? It's, that is going to be It's literally like a mountain planted <laughs> on, on an island. It's like... Here's a little uh, playground for, for anyone in, who's keen to come visit and, and run around the mountains. Exactly. Um, Taryn, that's so cool. I'm excited to to dot watch you there in October um, and just seeing what's up next for you. And I mean, before UTMB next year, you'll definitely be be back here to, to tell us how it's going and share share kind of where you're at leading up to that, that big lap around the mountains in Europe. And yeah, thank you so much for, for joining. The time flew. It's been so nice to chat. And where where can we find you, Taryn? Instagram, website? Yeah, um, really, I, I don't have time. I have time only for one social media platform, and that's Instagram. Nice. Um, you can find me at taryn.vn. Awesome. And um, I, our website is vertandirt.com. 
www.dotsia.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.ca.